What we are doing this week is something we are all extremely <laughs> excited about. <laughs> Fantasy casting an epic opera based on Game of Thrones. Yes. yes. We so, figured everybody... Sorry, I interrupted you. Well, I was going to say, quick disclaimer. <laughs> if <laughs> you don't watch Game of Thrones and don't think that you can be interested in it, this might not be the episode for you, and we understand that. We've been saving this for a little while because this is our final episode of final season episode. one. Final episode. And because it took us so long to record this or to get through all of the characters, we are splitting this into two parts. Exactly. So if you don't like this and you tune in next week, you're just going to get more of it. <laughs> We're about to nerd out pretty hard on Game of Thrones. So hard. <laughs> And we just figured that everybody, especially because they just announced that the next season is going to come out later than the other seasons have, we figured everyone is sort of yearning for some Game of Thrones talk. So we are going to cast Game of Thrones. The opera. The epic opera. That's right. And I would like to tell you a little bit about the wine selections for today. Lest we forget. Lest we forget what this podcast is really about. (laughs) Um... If you are interested in wine and they haven't given us any kind of money, so this is a shameless plug for them, there is an app called Vivino, and it's amazing. It's free. You take pictures of the label, and then they will give you ratings in their system of what people think of it. They also will tell you where you can buy it in your area, and they also will tell you what the average price of it should be, so you'll know if you're being overcharged in your local Mm. wine shop. But Bovino has created a handy-dandy little map that we are actually going to post the link to on our website, so check it out. And it is called The Wines of Game of Thrones, so it's perfect for us. So we have two wines today. The first one is a Chilean Pinot Noir. It is Connoisseur Bicicleta. (laughs) And the Chilean Pinot Noir is uh, supposed to represent the wine of Dorne. Located in southeastern Westeros, Dorne is an arid and mountainous region famous for growing grapes, olives, and citrus. Dornish men are known for their hot-bloodedness and taste for sex, so it's no wonder they know how to make a fine wine to pair. Yes, they do. Dorne is famous for their red wines. The people of Dorne prefer their wines dry and sour and make their wines much less sweet than the rest of Westeros. Those who love red wine say Dornish reds are the finest wines of Westeros, though arbor lovers take issue with that claim. And I do want to say that Vivino says that this is best served at a brothel in King's Landing (laughs) before battle against the mountain at a wine sink in Sunspear and is represented by Oberyn Martell, my favorite character. God bless you. Rest in peace. You died too soon. (laughs) Oh, also there's spoilers in this episode. That's right. We should say we're going to try not to spoil too much, but like really you shouldn't listen. I mean, yeah. We should just not even attempt. All right. 
So the second one we have is an Argentinian Malbec, and it's called Tinto Negro. It's from Mendoza in Argentina, and this represents the wine of Lis, which is also known as Lis the Lovely, and it's one of the nine free cities, and it's on an island southwest of Essos. The city is known for their alchemy, so it's no wonder that they also possess the secrets of making a good red or white wine. When Prince Oberon was young, he was exiled here. While he undoubtedly missed his Dorn Reds, he enjoyed a list wine or two or a thousand. <laughs> it's best served to drown your sorrows in exile, to help the alchemist craft the perfect poison and his fodder for shipmates to gossip. And obviously, I picked the wines because Oberon Martell is my one and only, so I want to honor him in this podcast. That's really sweet. Thank you, man. That's what nice. is that actor doing now? Because he was so great. I want I him to know. be in yeah, everything that was forever. Really good. <gasps> you know who would be an amazing James Bond? That guy. Uh, yeah. No. Well, I don't know. That I think the accent throws me. Although is that well, a fake accent? Well, does James accent? Bond have to be British? No, I think that's his real accent. I don't know. Um. I think that uh, James Bond does kind of have to be British. It's like MI6. Right. Yeah, but he could have been outsourced from another country. And That's true. They do England. work with an international cast. Tweet us, send us messages on Facebook, and let us know if you think Oberyn Martell would make an amazing James Bond. <laughs> I You're do. gonna find like the one other Oberyn Martell. When, what do you mean the, the one other? You mean everyone? <laughs> yeah, we'll find the <laughs> actor's name. You don't even know his this. name. Did you ever notice that uh, the Dornish are about their wine kind of the way that Germans are about their beer? Seems like it. It seems like it, yeah. Like that they basically compared to their wine, you may as well be drinking water or something like that. Well, it is the finest red. Yeah. And it's to good. Them. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, these wines are fantastic. Pick mm-hmm. them up. We bought them at sixty seven wines. <laughs> <laughs> plug, our, plug. Our Let's just give us give our, us the wine. Just an unendorsed plug. So yeah, our self imposed um, sponsorship. Right, exactly. Right. Fantasy sponsorship for fantasy casting. Exactly. So, as Naomi just said, we're fantasy casting this amazing fantasy opera. And Kyle, why don't you explain yes. to everybody listening how we're structuring this today? So, basically, how this works um, is that Elspeth generated a list of most essential characters. Well, mm-hmm. the, like the main characters. The main characters, like most frequently ongoing characters. Mm-hmm. If you died in season one, you're Spoilers, uh, probably not in this list. But mm-hmm. then we also, just in the process of casting this dream opera, there were certain castings that came to mind for secondary characters or what have you that we just couldn't pass up. So we'll include those just as it seems uh, fitting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And generally this is probably going to be a, a bit of a shit show. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Naomi, why don't you start? The first one we have is... Everybody's favorite Tyrion Lannister. And Naomi, who did you have? Well, for I should I should also say that we have not revealed to each other our no, fantasy no, casting. No, no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These are unrehearsed reactions. Yes. So you're getting the raw, the raw Elspeth, Kyle, and Naomi. It's gonna get pretty passionate. And by yeah. the way, Tyrion Lannister that was a difficult Tyrion Lannister. I it was, uh, but I think I did the perfect one. Well, I have a confession that I I could not cast him because I had a really hard time figuring out who I would choose, and so I kind of I'm relying on your brilliant ideas. Well, in my, so in my approach here, it it was hard. I I actually struggled with mm-hmm. this casting. Mm. One because like I'm a very visual person, mm-hmm. and so certain things like I I want to 
give the right visual re representation. But then from an operatic standpoint, it's like, well, what voice type is best for these this character's attributes? Yeah. And so then that added a whole other thing. And I feel like for half of them, I went based off of like how they look. For mm -hmm. the other half, how they sound or what voice type. So it's going to be a mix. But well, I'm, I'm with you for Tyrion. So, to, and my thought, my thought process, I feel like Tyrion just had to be a tenor. Like okay. it would be really weird if he was a lower voice. I okay. don't know for some, for some reason. But, to me. Oh, go ahead. But don't you think that his speaking voice is like sort of baritonal? Well, yeah, but are we basing this casting off of the TV show or the novel? That's the thing. So there's certain uh, things that conflict. True. There's certain yeah. things that definitely conflict that will come out. But who did you pick out. for uh, yeah. Tyrion? Or so else this is going to be the world's longest episode. I know, that's true. Okay, so this was partly because this particular tenor is... Short. Short. But also, I mean, he's just a very talented tenor. Oh, my goodness. Did you pick Juan Diego Flores? No, I picked... Larry Brownlee. Javier Camarena. Oh! <laughs> Interesting. Would you like to know who I picked? Yes. I picked Peter Dinklage, which is a total ripoff. I was like, he's just going to talk his lines. Oh, <laughs> gosh. That, see, I didn't even think about having a speaking role. I didn't either, but I couldn't think of anyone who could do the part. So You're I was right. like, oh, I just like have that Peter better. Dinklage Let's do it. Maybe Peter he, Dinklage. Maybe he has a hidden singing talent. I would believe it. I think so. Did you know that he, um, he doesn't watch the show, Peter Dinklage? Really? I mean, I don't have factual evidence, but I I feel like I've heard. <laughs> I feel like I've heard it from a reputable source that I he see. does not watch the show. Well, Peter Dinklage, I'm sure you're listening right now. So <laughs> if you could just uh, send us a little message and let us know if you watch the show. Also, if you're down to play, you know, Tyrion in an operatic version of Game of Thrones. Yeah, send us a little message. We'd we love to hear from you. We should find a way to produce this. I feel like with oh, his endorsement, God. we could do it. Okay. Could you imagine? This would be like the ring cycle. Exactly. It, definitely. Oof. So, okay, so next on our list, we have, we kept it kind of in families, actually mm -hmm. kind of not. Mm -hmm. So next we have Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister. I would like to go if I may. Yeah, go ahead. Please. I picked everyone's favorite tenor, the one and only Jonas Kaufman. Really? Oh, you picked I him picked, for Jamie I Lannister? I picked Jonas for Jamie, yeah. I picked him for Jon Snow. I oh. also picked him for Jon Snow. I didn't pick anybody for Jon Snow. <laughs> you I have feel been like outruled. Outruled. I feel like Jonas would be an amazing Jamie because he's super attractive, right. I and right. I think that Jamie honestly is a more interesting character than Jon. Sorry, okay. everyone. But I feel like Jon Snow is like so good at heart that also he's like the chosen one. Yeah, like the. The chosen one. Yeah, but I mean, Jonas has done like Parsifal and all that stuff. Yeah. Doesn't he want to do something different? Think of that curly black hair, though. It's brown. Brown, sorry. Perfect for Jon Snow. Just yeah. saying. Can I yes. say that I, I didn't yes. permanently have this in here? It's like in pencil, but my thought for Jamie Lannister was Erwin Schrott. Mm. Oh, I could see that. But I right? like he's like Jamie cocky enough tenor. for that. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. So my pick is a little bit out there, but it's more of like a persona thing. Mm. Like Jamie is like this really cool, like doesn't give a you know what, like very confident in himself. And in the early seasons, the hair. Yeah. yeah. Who do you think of when I say the hair? I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous. Dmitri Horovstovsky. Oh. Is it? oh I don't Do you, are you know. thinking that he's too old? 
Is that what you're thinking? They're all too old. They're that's all too okay. Old. So that's a, that's another challenge with all of these. Like we have some. some I feel like child the, characters. Yeah, but I feel here. like in opera, that doesn't can matter so much. Beliefs. There's suspend, definitely a yeah. suspension of dif- exactly. disbelief. So exactly. I kind of disregarded age altogether. Mm-hmm. I think Dimitri could be interesting. Oh, yeah. I don't actually have him for anything else. So also, I'm, I'm can't down you with see that. Dimitri like? Wielding a sword. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Rocking like a gold hand. Yes. <laughs> oh, he would be amazing. Also, I feel like Dimitri, if he watches Game of Thrones, would kind of be excited about playing the role of Jamie Lannister. I think right? so. I think he kind of likes being the bad boy. But the cool thing yeah. about Jamie Lannister is that he's like He has an arc. Yes, he's complex. He does have an arc. Yeah, yeah. Which I feel like is why he'd be more interesting to play than John. Yeah. That's true. You know what we should do? Mm. We should include clips of certain singers. I feel like there's... Oh, maybe sure. Maybe Dimitri oh, yeah. might be someone that we can include a clip of. Okay, let's just listen to Dimitri yeah. in a clip and and just imagine, all of our listeners, just imagine him as Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister. And yeah. then you can decide for yourself if you would cast him in this role. Let's do it. to a little bit of Jonas bringing it home and then you can make a decision if you like him better for Jamie. Well, the thing is... Or why for Jon Snow. Yes, so why don't we... We'll listen to this clip and everybody thinks to themselves, am, right now, am I hearing Jamie Lannister or am I hearing the chosen one, Jon Snow? Fine. Oh, <laughs> 
So we've talked about Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. So now, oh, well, we skipped over Cersei. Oh, mine's good. It's got to be Mine's good, intrepid. too. Oh, no. I picked Alina Garancha. No, 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 no. Alina Garancha has that look. She has the Cersei. She can have, like, the serious Cersei look. Anna Nishrebko would chew the scenery in this role. I think she has the temperament. <laughs> I think she'd be incredible. I think she would do it, go out in a blaze of glory, set that town on fire. She'd be amazing. So it's interesting because my first thought was Anna. Mm-hmm. And then on my list, I have written Alina Garancha. No. But after hearing you just speak about it, I, it has to be Anna. Like, she could just... It has to be. Let's listen to a little clip of Anna singing um, <laughs> Lady Macbeth. And then you guys tell me this uh, isn't Cersei Lannister. Fine. I think that Anna Netrebko is better suited to a different role. Mm. Okay. So I cast her as Daenerys Targaryen. What? No. Yes, because just listen. Because her husband, Yussi, could be Khal Drogo. (laughs) (laughs) I do follow. So I do. I've liked her on Facebook. Oh, my Lord. And, like, all of their pictures together, they're They're adorable. I follow her on Instagram, and, like, they're a beautiful family. So I think they could just be... No one's saying that they're not a beautiful family. I just don't think that she is a Daenerys. I think she is a Cersei. Yeah, but think about when she played Lady Macbeth at the Met. She had that amazing blonde wig. She could totally pull it off. Yeah, as Cersei. Hmm. Yeah, but then she can't have her, like, amazing Khal Drogo. I don't see her... What's her husband's name? Anna? You see Ivazov. I don't know if I see him as a Khal Drogo, if I'm being honest. 
Honestly, I only see Jason Moma, and I would like him to continue that role, like as the silent part of this opra. As Carl Drogo? Oh, it yeah. could be a silent part. Duh. It'd be a really good silent part. Did you see that he, like, now when, like, anything awesome happens to Daenerys in the show, he, like, tweets out, he's like, yes, that's it's my so wife great. or something, you know? I, I love him on social media, and he's amazing, and I think that he would do it. Um, oh, and, totally. and he's totally great. He'll do it on his break from playing Aquaman. He's Aquaman, right? Oh, he is? Yeah. I didn't realize that. I'm sampling more Dorn wine, by the way. Dorn. Click, 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 click. I think you can hear it. Thank you, Kyle, for amplifying that sound. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, sorry, I'll refill it. Kyle, did you have someone for Daenerys? Because I actually didn't. I had a hard time casting this role, this pivotal, pivotal role. All right. This I'm contentious. One. I'm ready to be chastised for this. Okay. Because you guys know of my own personal thoughts. But uh-huh. I thought it would be nice to have Isabel Leonard. Oh, your as girlfriend. Daenerys. Oh, yes. I actually cast her in a different role, but as okay. did I. Honestly, so I thought about having her in a different role, but uh-huh. I don't know. It's just I feel like she could do a really good job with it. She's a very good singing actress. That's fair. That's true. Definitely. But she does do well with the pants role, so I understand that. But I don't know. I just I could see her leading an army. Yes. And riding a dragon. Exactly. And being beautiful. Kyle. It got <laughs> weird. Such a it, crush. Got, it got skeevy. It got skeevy. It didn't, it didn't get skeevy with Berlioz, uh-huh. but now it's skeevy. Great. Berlioz has been dead forever. And fair nobody enough, said, enough, oh, that dude's enough. hot. No. He wasn't. Because he's not list. Not list. <laughs> so should we, should we jump around and see who you have as, who do you, who do you have, Isabel Leonard? Oh, just for fun. I cast her as Arya Stark. I cast her as Marjorie Tyrell. Oh my goodness, that's strange. Why is that strange? I think that's. I mean, it's not that strange, but it's hitting me from multiple sides right now. I feel like she's just such a good pants role. She has like the fiery spirit and like tomboyishness. I guess, and truly, for a lot of these roles, like Arya and Bran, especially. I did not know who to pick because I was like, are they kids in the beginning and then they're adults That's later? Right. And so I did leave those blanks. So I will leave those roles to you guys to duke out. That's fine. But I'm... I had her as Marjorie Tyrell and I think she'd be great. Yeah, she does do so well as a pants role, but I just... Let's give her a chance to be a lady. But I mean, Arya yeah. Stark is not a pants role technically. Mm. Okay, she so... just she needs to be both, which I think is so, why she'd be great for it. Mm-hmm. So, Elspeth, you said that you don't have a casting for Arya Stark. I I don't. I had a real hard time with that. Okay, so in this weird jumping around, since you've announced right. your casting of, of Arya Stark, and Marjorie Tyrell isn't in our list, so that's a random... She was my secondary yeah, yeah, character yeah. list. Okay. okay, so we'll jump to Arya Stark. Okay. This one is highly controversial. Mm-hmm. I would cast... Deanna Damrau. As Arya? As Arya. What's, really? your, what's your thinking behind that? So this was a weird... So first of all, this was one where I was like thinking of small people. <laughs> and she's... Deanna Damrau is short. She's pretty short. She's pretty okay. short. Okay. And then also, I don't know, I feel like she's shown diversity in the characters that she's played. Like she has had some more sweet... And innocent roles mm. like a Gilda, which mm-hmm. is like a side of Arya, mm-hmm. is very sweet and innocent. Mm-hmm. And then she'll also go crazy on you like the Queen of the Night, 
which Arya would also do, as I mean, we've seen in this last season. I don't know. I feel like Deanna Damrock is so amazing in everything, and you're right, and she's so great, but she just screams so firmly adult to me. I guess I've never seen her play, like, I Gretel guess. or something like that at and the beginning also, of her career. can you imagine her, like, wielding needle? Yes. Oh, definitely. Yes, I oh, can. Okay. Well, I'll have That's to think more saying. about that like, one. Like, she, she does the... I feel like she can pull off the innocent side and also kill someone. Okay. All right. Is what I... Well, I'll leave that up to... To debate. I don't know if I'm feeling <laughs> That's it. fine. I knew that was out there. Mm-hmm. That's, hey. yeah, I, I do think that another possible candidate for. for Arya Stark is Alice Coote. Just have to say. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't scream mm. child or adolescent if we're going with age, but I do think right. that she also has like the same skill as Isabel Leonard for doing like the pants role or the complex character very well. It's a difficult role to it cast. Is. Yeah. It really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. But please, for any of these, but it's particularly this one, if you think I'm nuts, I can take it. Let, it, <laughs> let us know via Twitter. Yes. We would let love to hear know. your fantasy casting. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Oh, man, if we could get some complete fantasy castings, whatever characters you choose, mm-hmm. drop us a line. Absolutely. That would be great. So I think the next one we have is a uh, Sansa. I had a hard time. Oh, I did, and I got a good one. I had oh. a good one too. I had a difficult do you wanna, time. Do you want to go first? Yes, I. Okay. I totally will. Lead the charge. So my Sansa Stark is Anita Hartig. Mm. Oh, good choice. That's a good one. Thank you. And do you know why? What made me think of this is I was thinking of Sansa's character, and it's somebody who like at least starts out as being pretty innocent mm-hmm. and is like a little mm-hmm. bit manipulated uh, and she's like... Like a Liu. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also trying to, um, I don't know, appeal to the better side of people, mm-hmm. which is like Liu and also like Mikaela. Mm-hmm. And I saw, mm-hmm. the first time I saw Anita Hartik was doing Mikaela okay. and Carmen and she blew me away. So... No, she's so great. Yeah. So that's my casting. I can we just, a little tidbit of, of her as Mikaela? Can we just drop that in? Of course. If you so desire. Oh, 
my choice mm-hmm. as Sansa was Pretty Yende. Good. Ooh. I actually yeah, so right? while I was it's researching, good, right? I I was reminded of of Pretty Yende, and I was upset that I didn't have a casting for her. But I think she would do very well. I think she'd be mm-hmm. a great Sansa, probably because I've only really seen her in these very romantic mm-hmm. kind of roles. But she's great in them, and I think that she would be an amazing Sansa. Yeah. Well, I actually had two char- two singers that I thought okay. could work with this, neither of whom have been mentioned yet. So I thought possibly Olga Periadko because she is mm. gorgeous. Yes, she uh-huh. is. And okay. so she could play that, like Sansa has this, you know, she grows a lot into right. this gorgeous woman. <laughs> and then Oksana Daika, who I know she's a little oh. bit older, but she could be fierce, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like, you know the scene when Sansa descends the staircase and she has that crazy feather thing on and, oh, and Peter Baelish show? is at the bottom yeah, in the TV the show? Eerie, yeah, when they're at the Eerie, like, I feel like I could see Oksana Daika doing that scene. That's what's so interesting, interesting about this casting is that it's like it's been a show over several years. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a storyline. The books go over several years. There's right, and most an of the characters have this huge sort of arc and they become very different people than they were. So this would right. have to be like anyway, a, yeah. a ring cycle esque. Oh, definitely bigger than the ring cycle. Like how many how many operas? One for Can every you book, like an right? Opera for a book. I don't know. Let's skip number four because Lord. <laughs> well, you could combine four and five, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. As to yeah, not yeah. lose people's interest. <laughs> right. Who should direct? I think Julie Taymor because you've got the dragons <laughs> and you've got the dire wolves, and so she could do crazy puppet things with them. Yeah. Don't you I, think we need like a team of directors for something this epic in scale? No. Oh, okay. Well, I think Mariusz Trelinski should do it. So. Oh, that's also a good that, one. That would be a good one. That's also mm-hmm. a good one. Who, All right. But while we're on the subject, while we're going outside of individual characters, mm-hmm. who would set the music? Oh. I, feel I like, didn't even think about this. I didn't either. Now. I feel like it should... Mm. I feel like you need to utilize the people who did the film scoring and like can collaborate, have them collaborate with an operatic composer. No, I think it should no? have something totally different. Because it's its own entity. It's its own thing. I want to say... No, I want to say Thomas Addis. Fair enough. Totally. I think that would be pretty good. I totally want to say Thomas Addis. I'll go with that because the Tempest I, was I really awesome. have nothing Tempest else. Tempest is awesome. The um, Exterminating Angel is apparently amazing. We'll mm-hmm. find out in like 2018 <laughs> 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 when it comes to New York. Um, yeah. So, Thomas, hit us up. Think Let about us know it. if you're down for this. Seriously. Mm-hmm. We need to like, we need to pull the very limited connections that we have. Right. Mm-hmm. Trying to make this we'll happen. send a, an email to George. <laughs> R-R. Okay. R-R. George R-R. <laughs> Make sure he's down for this. All right, let's get back to our let's cast. Real yes. again. Yes. Theon. Theon is the next one we have on our list, and I actually came up with no one. So you guys... I had two possibilities, but I struggled with this one. Okay. Okay. Okay, I thought possibly Michael Fabiano mm-hmm. or okay. Stephen Costello. I was on a tenor's kick. Oh, so. I think Stephen Costello. Yeah. I, well, I literally went off of, of looks. I looked at their headshots, and I was like, oh. who could possibly embody this role looks-wise? And that's what I came up I with. I actually have cast Stephen Costello elsewhere. Ooh. Who did you cast Stephen Costello Well, as? we only have so many options left. I This is a whole conversation, so maybe <laughs> okay. we should wait. First, I'm going to tell you who I have as, okay. 
as uh, Theon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I cast Vittorio Grigolo. Oh, oh I have him. Choice. I have him in something different. Because okay. I feel like Theon. I mean, we all agree Theon has to be a tenor. Yes. Yep. So yep. That's pretty obvious. <laughs> and as he has no testicles anymore. <laughs> hey now, go easy on him. Hey now. He's had a hard time. Okay. Hard time, man. I didn't watch half the stuff that happened to you on the TV show. Oh Bob boy. Was. Okay. Well, it needs to be somebody that like can be kind of a punk earlier on. And I mean that in the best way. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like... Certainly a ladies' Regal man. Oak, yeah, can Does be a little like bit rambunctious. a reputation? He has a reputation in his head. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he has okay. an actual reputation. Okay. But then also have to have, like, a bit of acting prowess to mm-hmm. like pull mm-hmm. off that range of right. just terrible, terrible things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Big character arc there. So that's that's my Theon. But, and then moving on, to, so Stephen Costello, I actually cast... As Peter Baelish. Ooh. In, oh! <laughs> I'm going to fight you on this. So this was probably the most difficult one to cast. And here's mm, why. This was so easy for me, but go ahead. Here's why it was difficult for me. So Peter Baelish is a character who is quite manipulative. Yes. And in certain ways, like, he's a little bit evil. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so when we think of opera, characters that are men that are evil and manipulative mm-hmm. are baritones, like mm-hmm. bass baritones. Mm-hmm. Good point. The thing point. is, though, in the book, Peter Baelish is supposed to be, like, kind of short and small, like a little, if, if I'm being honest, a little bit wimpy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. he did that whole trying to duel with, um, with was it Brandon Stark? Is that Ned's brother? No. Um, What's oh, Ned's brother? shit. Um, well, in any case, he tried to, like, declare know, his yeah. rights towards okay. Catelyn and was unsuccessful. He's just not ready to throw down, but mm-hmm. he's manipulative. And so I felt like it had to be a tenor. And mm-hmm. and I picked Stephen Costello actually kind of based off of looks. When I watched him in Rigoletto, my thought was like, oh, you're just like pretty skeevy as the Duke. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like very, and I know that's just the Duke, but I feel like he, him particularly- He could do that. Was like, ooh, like right. you, mm-hmm. you manipulated some people, Peter Baelish. Who did you have for Peter Baelish? I had Peter Matei. Mm. Interesting. Because I think, one, I love him as a performer. I think he is one of the most incredible Onyegans that I've ever seen. And so Mm. that's why I picked him. I think he is incredible at playing that super charming and yet kind of skeevy character. I know physically he doesn't fit with the character in the books, but I think that he's a perfect Peter Baelish, and I'm going to stick my guns on this one. Okay. okay. I actually Naomi. had two different people as possibilities for Peter Baelish. Mm-hmm. Actually, really quick, while mm-hmm. we're on the subject of Peter Matei, yes. this is a rando that I've <laughs> cast, and I cast Peter Matei as Ned Stark. Oh, no! No! What? Really? We'll get to that. Do should we get to Ned Stark now? Because I have cast Ned Stark. Well, Ned as St- have I. That was a rando that each of us cast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we have to talk about it now. Oh my now. gosh, Elspeth, what? who did you have for Ned Stark? Gerald Finley. Uh, really? Yes. <laughs> oh, I think because I love Gerald Finley, but I didn't imagine him. I think as he's Stark. got like this. He really can do this sort of great, like has integrity and follows the rule. Gerald Finley. Totally. I think my, Peter, no. No, my Ned Finley. Stark is Bryn Terfel. My oh. Bryn Terfel is someone else for me. Uh oh. Wow, we're I really had a, going down a. I had sorry. a backup. I had a backup of Rene Papa. 
Oh, that would be good too. I could see that. I think Gerald Finley, I'm going to stick on that one. I'm sorry. Bryn Tarfell, he's my top pick. I just, I don't know. I, for some reason, I feel like this is a losing battle, but Peter Matei, I don't see him as being so manipulative. I know he, like, really lays that down as, like, Don Giovanni. I think he's so good at it. I think Mm -hmm. he's uh, beating amazing Peter Baelish. Okay, maybe I'm going too much on, like, the visual connection. Mm. Okay, so Mm -hmm. let's. Well, judging from what you've said, I think my Peter Baelish's possibilities you're not gonna like okay what are they so on the one hand i thought simon keenly side could make a really good oh. peter baelish oh i could see that okay Dang. yeah and then i also thought if we wanted to find someone slightly younger paul uh-huh. appleby could be a really good peter baelish mm. he, he was amazing he was on my consideration for, for I peter baelish don't have him down as anything but we, he should be in this opera i don't yeah. either but when i was researching uh peter baelish i I did that's think good. Paul Appleby. Yeah, that's Paul good. Appleby could be really good in this role. And that's I good. feel like he sort of looks like the Peter Baelish in the TV series. Yeah. And the fact that he's white. <laughs> yeah, well, well, more than <laughs> anything else. <laughs> I feel like he could pull off like the facial hair that Peter Baelish has okay. really well. That That's the only comparison, really. All right, all right, all right. I also, so uh, in trying to think of, I was thinking of Peter Baelish, like who's super manipulative. Mm. Manipulative, and then I thought, who is super manipulative in operas? And I started mm-hmm. to think of certain baritone characters. Right. I thought of Iago. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, uh, well. But Iago's like evil to the core, and I don't believe that Peter Baelish is evil to I the don't know. core. Well, just because certain uh, singers that really do that well, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. thought of Jelko Lucic. Yeah, but he just—he's not, not Peter—he's not Peter Baelish. I'm not, I, I'm not feeling that either. He, I'm, I'm just mm. saying he does the—he does the manipulative thing very well. We should keep him on uh, the roster though for a secondary role. Seriously though, when you look at him, he could be like totally in like Westeros. Like, or he could armor. be a wildling. What? <laughs> King of the wildlings. He oh. could. He totally could. I didn't have him down, but he could totally do that character. What's that, Mancerator? Which, by the way, I just have to throw in. I don't think I told you guys this. I saw the actor that plays Mance Raider. He was in The Crucible on Broadway. I rode a train with him once. Whoa. I did, years ago, before he did this. And I knew him only as the guy that played, um, oh, what's his, the the male romantic lead in, in Persuasion, the good one, not the new one. His name is Syrian Hins, and he's Irish? Well... Yeah, whatever you say, I'm just going to go ahead and He, in it. real life, is very handsome. Don't well, let the facial is... hair and multiple animal skins of Mance Raider fool you. Don't let them fool you. He is a handsome man. Hmm. In The Tall. Crucible, he did a very good job. He's an incredible in, in live, actor. Yeah, live theater. Incredible actor. It was one of those ones where like, he walked on stage, and I, it took me a second, surprisingly, to... But... To know who he was, yeah. The more we talk about this, the more I'm convinced that Zeltra Lukic... Yeah, do this. I could see that. Excellent. That's not even a character yeah, yeah, yeah. that I cast, but yeah, 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 done. I'm glad that I brought it up. We finally agreed on something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good job on you, sir. We've made our way through our standard Our main characters. List. And we're going to cut ourselves off there before this gets too crazy and too long. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening. And again, tune in next week where we're going to talk about some of the fabulous secondary characters in Game of Thrones.
restore your dead to life. But perhaps I can give you justice in the name of our king.